Welcome to the Tetelestai podcast. My name is Jenny Donnelly and we have been on a still journey and we're back after several weeks. We've been in quarantine just like you guys. And so we're excited to continue on our journey today. And we're going to be talking about intimacy. But before we get into this subject for a few minutes today, I just want to thank those of you that have been members with Tetelestai. Did you know that partnering with us for just $29 a month allows us to do so many amazing things? Many of you are part of our Calm Challenge that we did. We did three of those within the last six weeks. And did you know that we were able to touch 2,500 people with a message of hope and purpose in the gospel? And I just want to thank you for those of you that are members for really making that possible. Because of you, we were able to touch that many people with a free course. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And for those of you that are interested in partnering with us, go to John 1930 and look at all the things involved there. We are inviting you to become a member because you not only change lives by doing so, but we also give you access to our library of over 20 different courses, everything from spiritual growth, health and wellness, music and worship. There's a lot. Okay. You just got to go check it out. Go to john1930.com and look and see what we're doing. But I'm so glad to have you here today. We're going to spend just a few minutes talking about intimacy. That is where we're at. We're going over the seven ways to find calm in the chaos. And the way that we're talking about today is through intimacy. I don't know how to live a life in rest and stillness without being intimate with my Lord Jesus Christ. And that word intimacy can freak people out. It can be like intimacy. Ooh, that's a goobery word. <laughs> but intimacy is simply explained like this in to me see. So let me tell you what happened for me. I have, if you've heard any part of my story, I have, um, been a lover of Jesus since I was just a tiny, tiny little girl. Didn't know much about him. So curious growing up. And then was able to really come into lordship in my early 20s after having a very hellish time in my early 20s. My goodness, if you read my book, you know what that all looked like. Pretty scary stuff. But came out of that, giving my life to the Lord. And then, you know, I just, I loved Jesus. I I just knew he loved me and things were wonderful. I loved learning about him. I loved learning more about the word. But there was one day I was standing at the top of my stairs and I remember this so well, but I just said to the Lord in my heart, I said, you know, it was kind of a moment of confession. Like, okay, let's be honest. And this is what I said in my heart. I said, I don't think I really understand how much you love me. I mean, I, I don't think I really get it. I mean, you say it, it says it in the word. We hear it at church. We hear it everywhere. Jesus loves you. But honestly, I don't think I have it in the way that you want me to. Could I have that? Could I have that revelation of how much you love me? And to be honest, I didn't know how lovable I really was apart from my performance. I had more of a paradigm that I was loved for what I could produce, for what I could perform, for what I could do for good in the world, which is all very wonderful. But I could not figure out why would Jesus die for me? Because at the end of the day, what made me special enough to die for? I just, I just didn't get it, you guys. And maybe some of you feel that way. Maybe some of you feel like, you know, truth be told, I haven't made that strong connection either. And so this walk into intimacy was the next thing that the Lord did for me. And it wasn't like, I was like, Hey, take me on an intimacy journey, Lord. No, it was just a confession standing at the top of my stairs. Like I just stopped on my way 
to the first floor. And I just remember thinking, I don't, I don't think I get it. And so the next thing that happened was really quick. This was a pivotal prayer. This was a pivotal confession because it dropped me into a whole new relationship with Jesus. And one of the first things that happened is he changed my prayer life. So the first thing he did is he said, I want you to lay down on the floor with your earphones on, play some music that makes you feel great. You know, just some good music, just, just lay there. And Jenny, here's the thing. I want you to receive for 30 minutes. I don't want you to do anything. I don't want you to pray. I don't want you to tell me what you need. I don't want you to feel like you have to do anything to earn my ear. I I just want to love on you. It was like he was forming a one-way street. Like, okay, you're going to be the recipient of a gift. Okay. And you can't receive the gift by giving me one back. I just, I just want to pour my love on you and I want you to receive it. And so he just gave me the directive of a 30 day prayer strategy. And I was like, okay, that sounds a little too easy because for someone like me who tends to, I I love doing things. I love coming up with things. I love strategies and being intentional and plans. And I love all that. And that's awesome. But what he wanted me to do was none of that. He didn't want me to, you know, come in like, okay, have your Bible ready, have your notebook ready, you know, make sure that you are, you're all ready to go in this, you know, prayer time with me. He was like, can I just love on you? You know, as a parent, when your babies get up in the morning and they're, they're cute little jammies and they just crawl on your lap and they're a little groggy and a little tired and they just, they just crawl on your lap and tuck themselves into your chest and you just hold them in silence. And the satisfaction that you get as a parent in that moment, or maybe you're an aunt or uncle, you, you feel that you just hold them. And it's so satisfying to hold them. It's just so satisfying. And I felt like the Lord said, you know, Jenny, do this for me. And I'm, and he was doing it for me too, but it was like, he needed to hold me. He needed to just hold me without me doing something all the time. And so up to that point, I was really more able to identify with being the do-loved of Christ rather than the beloved of Christ. And you might've heard me say this before, but he really started forming a new identity in me and just saying, Jenny, you are my beloved, my be loved. Jenny, this is your job description is to be loved and not to be my do loved. And for me, this was like, okay. So what you're saying is I am enough just by being Wow. Okay. So this was going to take me a little bit. This was not an overnight thing for me, but what I did in those 30 days is I laid before God and I allowed him to just love on me. And what that looked like was just letting my mind go to a place of him, you know, walking along the beach with me in my mind's eye, of course. Um, Sometimes he would whisper things to me. Sometimes he would tell me all these attributes about me that would make me blush. And I would think, oh my goodness, you know, like, okay, you know, and he would just be so kind to me. And he was really building me up in who I am, not what I do. So that was very life-changing for me. You know, I want you to think about that game, the trust fall game. You know how you just 
you know, fall back and that person, you, you know, you hope that they catch you, right? It's called the trust fall. Like, do I trust you? I'm going to fall. I'm going to trust you to catch me. Well, I think if somebody came along the road and you're walking down the street and they're walking down the road, whatever. And they're like, Hey, once you fall back, I'll catch you. And you don't know who they are. You're like, uh, no, thanks. You're just going to keep walking. Right. But if you know the person and you're playing the game, it's fun, right? Cause you're falling back. They're catching you. You trust them. They trust you. And it's an establishment of trust. You probably played this game as a kid, but when the person's a stranger or even somebody that's just very far removed from you, you're not that excited about doing that about trusting them. And so I want to make my point here is that when we say, yeah, just trust Jesus, just trust God. You know, there's a lot to that. There's a lot to that instruction. We're asking if I fall back, are you going to catch me? Are you going to trust me? And so this journey of intimacy allowed me to begin to trust God with things that I did not previously trust him with. Now, I probably wouldn't have admitted to you that I didn't trust God in certain areas, but my stress level, my anxiety, my control issues, all of those were fruit of Jenny is really thinking this is all up to herself. It's all up to me to make this happen. And so if I trusted God in these things, then I wouldn't have to feel overwhelmed. I wouldn't have to feel like I had to be in control and I could just trust God. So what I found out in this intimacy journey is that I could trust God. I could trust him with the pieces of my life falling apart. You know, just a year ago, my husband and I, and you've heard the story a little bit if you've been following us at all, but our business restructured, a business of 20 years, very deeply rooted in this industry. And we had lots and lots of people that we had the privilege of leading and very intricately involved in people's lives. And they restructured the whole company so much so that we didn't really have that business anymore. And it was a really fast pivot. We had to pivot. We had to change quickly. And that meant our income was leaving. Okay. What do you do? Okay. Lord business just fell apart. Now what? Well, I trust you. So all these years he was building us up to trust him so that we could then just simply pivot from what we knew we were doing for 20 years, pivot into the next 20 years of our life. And the pivot was fairly smooth. Was it difficult? Of course it was. It's not easy losing something that you've been working on for 20 years. But I can tell you that because we trusted God, we were not worried that our life was going to become a complete train wreck. We weren't worried that we were going to um, hit destruction. Now we wondered, I wonder what God has for us. Wow, this is interesting. Man, here we go. Adventure again, right? And I, I can't say that there weren't times that we were like, God, where are you? You know, but in the, in the foundation of our being, we had such a trust in God that we knew that he would take care of us. And he certainly did. You know, he transitioned us into miraculously being able to purchase this retreat center, which is the Tetelestai headquarters. Now we're able to run so many different programs out of here um, and touch a lot of lives with the gospel. And we pivoted quick and I'd have to say that when God brings us a new season, and I, I just prophetically feel that many of you are in a new season, you're in a new calling, you're in a new thing, and you've had to pivot. You've had to go, whoa, 
we just took a hard right right there. And so maybe you're feeling that um, fragile emotional state where it's like, boy, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know if this is going to work out. Well, here's the thing. The more you get to know Jesus, the more you know that he's taking care of you and he will not leave you for dead. He just won't. But we have to take time in his presence. Now you might want to pick up this 30 day plan that he gave me. It was really simple. Lay on the floor, put the AirPods in and listen to music that makes you feel safe and loved for 30 days and don't do anything. That was the hardest part, right? Because I wanted to do something, but he just said, just be loved. Maybe that's what you're going to do. The other thing that I did is I wrote Psalms. And if you read the Psalms of David, you know, David was so honest. And the thing about intimacy is it's not this fake religion thing that, that, that we try to pick up. And maybe, maybe that's just me. Sometimes I pick up religion to try to just do it right. But really, um, in true intimacy, there is no space or place for the mask of religion. So religion would say, I do this to get God to do this, right? But intimacy is into me see. Father, this is what's really going on in my heart. You know, up until that time when I was um, lying on the floor for 30 days praying, um, 30 minutes a day, I should say, I, didn't, I wasn't on the floor for 30 days straight, but you get it. Um, but for 30 minutes a day for 30 days, during that time, one of the greatest things that he transitioned me out of was this ability to trust him with my emotions that I wasn't fond of. So I was really good at giving God the emotions that he would probably like. Like you probably like this good attitude. You probably like this thought I have, but I'm going to withhold from you how I really feel because I don't want to disappoint you, God. So that's kind of where I came from. So in that 30 days, he really transitioned me over to, can I really tell you how I feel, God? Can I really like, I'm just so frustrated with this, or I feel like I'm alone in this area, or I feel like, you know, did you, did you just take off or, you know, I don't feel heard in this area. And the thing about David is he was awesome because he is such an example of being honest with God and just really saying, okay, God, this is how I feel. And he must have had such a, an intimate relationship with Jesus that he could talk to him in such an honest and vulnerable way. So I want to read to you from Psalm 13, just the beginning of this, because it's really going to prove what I'm talking about. But this is what David said. I'm hurting, Lord. Will you forget me forever? How much longer, Lord, will you look the other way when I'm in need? I've endured the shaking of my soul. So how much longer will my enemy have the upper hand? It's been long enough. Take a good look at me, God, and answer me. Breathe your life into my spirit. So now, now he's moving into, God, this is, what, this is what I need from you to breathe life into my spirit. He goes on to basically begin to encourage himself and remind himself and God of who he is. And it ends with my, um, let's see right here. If you go down a little bit further, I will yet celebrate with passion and joy when your salvation lifts me up. I will sing my song of joy to you, the most high. For in all of this, you have strengthened my soul. My enemies say that I have no savior, but I know that I have one in you. So the, it ends very different from the beginning. The beginning is like, oh my goodness, I'm dismayed. Where are you? Are you gonna come after me? How long do I have to wait for you? Right, he's super honest, but then he turns around and says, but God, I have always trusted in your kindness 
and and then he begins to change the story and the conversation. So I started writing Psalms like this. I started saying, okay, God, I have these amazing kids and I don't know if I have what it takes to raise them. I really don't. I, I have some days where I feel so confident. Other days I feel like I'm just left with zero influence or the, the inability to love them in the way that you've called me to. And I feel like I need your help. I really need you to come in. Are you, are you listening? Are you here? And then changing that Psalm into, but you know what, God, and, and what happens when we get vulnerable is God talks back to us. And so that's what happened with David. He got vulnerable. He got transparent into me. See, open up my chest cavity. Here's what's there. You already know anyway. Let's be honest. God already knows, right? So behind the mask, here's what's really going on. And when we're vulnerable, it's like God begins to, to breathe on us, right? And so the, the conversation changes and it's like, and I've had these conversations with God and he says, you know, Jenny, you're the perfect person for these kids. When I matched you in heaven, it was like you, Jenny, match those kids. So don't think that you don't have what it takes because I wouldn't have put you guys together. You are the perfect mom for how your kids are made up. You're doing a great job. I don't expect perfection out of you. Just lead them to me. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Great. You know, so it's so beautiful when we are vulnerable and transparent. And that's really what I wanted to bring up today is this so important topic of being vulnerable with Jesus, open, letting him love us, letting him lavish us, letting him be daddy, crawling up on his lap in that groggy state of mind saying, God, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what happened with my job. I don't know what happened during quarantine and everything shifted. I don't know what's going to happen here. I have so many uncertainties. And then just saying, but wait a minute, you're here. You're holding me. You're not indifferent. You haven't ran off. You're here. You're taking care of me. And you know what? If you left me for dead now, it'd be the first time you've ever left me. And I know you're not going to leave me again. And so if you need to write a Psalm that just in your own words and just expressing your vulnerability, what's going to happen is he's going to talk back to you. And then you're going to have this honest exchange. Don't you love friends where you can have this conversation that's below the surface? I don't like surface conversations with God. I don't like saying, okay, here's the Christian things I'm supposed to say to you, God. And hopefully that pleases you. Okay, on with my day. Like that is no relationship. That is religion and it's surface and it's drab and it's boring and it feels like an obligation and it's energy sucking. And so with intimacy, what we do is we get to walk hand in hand with our best friend. It's like calling up your best friend and saying, you know what? I just need to vent. I just need to tell somebody something. And it doesn't always have to be bad. It can be like great news, like Jesus, oh my gosh, this happened. This is so awesome. And so that's really what I want to bring up to you today and, and just urge you. And some of you are so good at this. You're already doing this and you're going deeper into this. But if you haven't taken the step into that deep space with God, he's so excited to hear from you. He's so excited that you would trust him with the deepest places of your heart. And just in the way that you would trust a really good friend or even more so, right? So I'm going to ask you to have the courage to open your heart to him. Open up your journal, write an honest letter to him. Just say, I'm at the crossroads of this decision. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. One day I feel like I'm supposed to go left. The next day I feel like I'm supposed to go right. I feel like I can't trust myself. 
God, I need you to come through for me. I need you to tell me what to do. I need you to give me confidence in this situation. And when you begin to lean so dependently on him, he comes in. He comes in. He always does every single time, but we have to get below the surface. We have to get in the place of intimacy. And what happens there is you hit that place of rest. You hit the pocket, right? We've been talking about the pocket, that place where rest, where we can live in rest. I'm not talking about the act of relaxing. I'm talking about living in the place of rest that's so pure, that's so lovely, that's so peaceful, even when chaos is swirling around us in every direction. I've so loved talking with you today and thank you for tuning in. One more thing I wanna share with you that is very dear to my heart. We have just released our very first master's class and this is my baby. I've been working on this and I really wanna invite you to take this class. So let me tell you what it's all about. I've had a lot of people come to me over the past several years and just confess that they are disappointed with how they're behaving with their children, how their irritability has taken over, how they feel overwhelmed, how their anxiety is debilitating. And this is the very reason that we put the class together. If you are experiencing anything that is stealing your joy, that is stealing your peace, and you really feel like you cannot get over the hump, this is what the master's class is about. We made it for you. So I'm going to give you the link to go to the master's class. It's called The Still Experience. And that's the domain name, thestillexperience.com. So go to that domain, thestillexperience.com. And we walk you through eight different sessions. And it's like I meet you in your living room and I take you through these ministry moments. I do teach you some things, but mainly what we do is we take you through these activations and through these ministry moments where I can minister to you the very things that the Holy Spirit ministered to me that changed how I live. It changed me from the inside out. It changed how I parent. It changed how I see myself. It changed my destiny. It changed my confidence. It changed my self-perception. And so if you need just that inner work overhaul, I want you to take the master's class. Go to thestillexperience.com. It's $297. And because you're listening to this podcast today, I'm going to give you a discount. Are you ready for this? This is a discount code. And we're not going to advertise this outside of this particular podcast. But write this down, 25 off, 25 O-F-F. That's $25 off. Put that in the promo code spot when you check out and it'll go from $297 and take off your $25 from there. So I really want you to take this class. I absolutely know it'll change your life. And what would it be worth to you to live without anxiety, without worry, without guilt of how we maybe are having a temper with the people that we love. We really can be free of these things. And I am a living testament of that. So go to thestillexperience.com and join the master's class today. We'll see you next time.